What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trent Kotlar's podcast. My guest today was Clint Montgomery from the Platypus Affiliated Society. We had a conversation on the left, socialism, Marxism, the state of affairs of America today. It was a great conversation. Hopefully you guys get some takeaways from it. I certainly did. Let's get into it. All right, and we're live. Clint, thanks for so much for joining me, man. Oh, it's great to be here, Trent. Thanks for reaching out. Yes, sir. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Clint. Um, I'm, I'm a member of the Platypus Affiliated Society, um, which we were uh, invited on to talk about here with Trent. Um, it was founded during the anti-Iraq war movement to sort of raise uh, the anti-war movement and the, particularly the left's intervention in the anti-war movement to a higher level of uh, historical consciousness of what it was actually trying to do. Um, and obviously, uh, the left in total uh, failed. Um, and there's a very deep history to that, um, which we can kind of get into. Um, and we've been sort of tracking the regression ever since, uh, because it's not like the millennial left has gotten their shit together. Um, and so we can sort of get into the whole background of everything that's uh, involved there. Um, I would say that the, uh, the uh, it's very interesting because like, you know, the, the, the task that the millennial left set itself, um, you know, being anti-war and, you know, wanting to provide health care and, um, you know, being against neoliberalism and neoconservatism, right? So like that impetus at the beginning was taken up by Trump. Um, and of course, a lot of the a lot of the left missed how, like in a sort of sort of sort of contradictory way, its own ambition was already being taken up by the right, and that's happened several times now. Um, in fact, like neoliberalism and neoconservatism themselves were reactions to the failure of the new left. Um, one could even say that, you know, at a deeper historical level, and I'm not identifying the American right by any stretch of the imagination with these, but in terms of Europe and the global crisis of the First World War, in the same way, like fascism and Stalinism were, were results of the, the, the failure of the left. Um, and so the left bears the ultimate responsibility for the compounding um, horrors of capitalism, let's say. Um, and so, yeah, we can sort of get into all of, get into all of that, but that's just a very brief introduction to uh, the sort of task that we're setting ourselves. Absolutely. Well, I think we're off to a great start because you already said that, you know, that there's blame on the left. And I feel like that's such a missing component uh, in our culture right now is that most of the people on the left, or at least the mainstream corporate left, really don't want to take responsibility for anything. It feels like, you know, they want to place all the blame on other people's and claim that victim mentality. And no one's ever going to get anywhere with that. Um, you know, like, whether or not you want to take the rights approach to pulling yourself up by your bootstraps or not, you know, there's always a level of individuality that comes with progressing yourself and making your life better and making other people's lives better. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that it's just such a, a careless mistake by the left to not take any responsibility for their actions anymore. But mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. I would love to jump into this. If you just want to start with the death of the left, as you see it, I think that's a excellent segue. So I think the, yeah, so let's, we should probably first get into view like what the left is. Um, we shouldn't okay. think about the left sociologically uh, as like a bunch of, you know, we, 
I mean, we shouldn't think of the left sociologically in terms of, um, you know, uh, the, the, the woke corporate Democrats um, mm -hmm. who, you know, like, uh, uh, and the, the, you know, the, the manufactured consent and, you know, the, 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 all of that. Um, we should return to like what the left was um, before, the, uh, before this collapse and death in the totalitarian 20th century. Um, the left just like kind of very basically is the, is a sort of like sense that things could be better, that we don't have to be dominated by our own past and that humans are capable of change and that society is capable of changing itself. Um, so the where, where like the left actually comes from, it's in the French revolution, um, because before, I mean, we can we can get into the. I think we should actually talk about the bourgeois revolution before then as well. Yep. Um, but basically, you know, you've got the uh, you know, the, the right side of the assembly is saying we should um, retain more of the feudal privileges. Uh, we shouldn't take the revolution too far, and it's the left side of the assembly that's saying no. We want. Um, universal human rights, we want the abolition of slavery across the entire world, we want the um, uh, a liberal, you know, we, we, we want a democratic republic. Um, and so it was the left side that was sort of like pushing the revolution sort of further and sort of opening up um, what kind of higher horizon for human self-transformation um, that the revolution was posing. And the, the, that issue though um, becomes sort of um, problematized uh, in once you start having the industrial revolution, like large scale industrialization of the 19th century. Um, and we're still like living in the, in the wake of that. Um, so like <laughs> on the dissident right, like people are like now like reading like Ted Kaczynski again. And it's yeah, like, hell yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. But like, but like, but like, you know, the, the, there's a, there's a much deeper critique that has to do with freedom that goes mm -hmm. back to the 19th century um, that has to do with like how industrialization both releases and constrains our potentials um, as opposed to just having like this sort of anarcho-primitivist reaction to industrialization and reaction to technology. Um, because it's gonna, you know, it's it's neither desirable nor possible to return to feudalism or to like even before the you know before the Neolithic Revolution. Um, so that's where it's like you know part of part of what the left was doing was um, seeing how society's like own crises were were potentials for self transformation and reaching a higher level of freedom. And of course that though. Um, and that, and that, you know, the the Marx in the 19th century, he's critiquing all of the people on the left, um, and he's in critiquing not in the sense of like nay 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 that's bad, but showing showing them like what they're already doing and what they're missing and how they all relate to each other, um, and so we can we can we can get into that, um, but basically the 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 Basically, with the failure, to put it simply, with the failure of the of the of the socialist revolution in World War One, 
I mean, this is this is like where the death of the left is more or less coming from because because I mean, just to put it simply, like um, German social democracy, like a ma the mass party of industrial labor. So you have all of you know all of these former peasants who are, have now been for the past like. 60 years pressed into the factories and they're now producing like oil and steel and you know Germany is now like has become united and is like becoming an imperial power um and all of that labor power that is like actually fueling the industrial machine um they're organized in a party and they're saying we can actually do this better we can take responsibility for society and this and you know so you know and this is where the you know, the highest aspirations for like human freedom were, were being were being posed. Um, but then, and we can get into this like the, the, all of the, all of the divisions that like, constitute the left <laughs> in the 20th century are more or less following from this problem. Mm -hmm. They capitulated to the war. So in 1914, rather than like starting a civil war within Germany and saying, no, okay, now the workers are going to overtake the, the the capitalists they agreed to being sent to the trenches or the leadership did and it's that's like the Ur problem that's like from which like all of the different all of the different things sort of sort of sort of sort of come from and we can get in and we can definitely get in get into that you know but whether you're like a Maoist a Stalinist a Trotskyist like all of these different branches are coming from that and it's like the left we haven't the left hasn't learned the left it has to actually like make its own history an object because it is the consciousness of the possibility of freedom so like part of the, like a measure of the death of the left in the 20th century like its inability to learn is thinking that oh well right wing is a freedom is a right wing concept so like right wing, you know, like I know, like without getting into like the, the like the culture war and like sociology today, because we, we just have like this you know association of like you know right wing versus left wing, and that means do you watch like Fox or CNN? Um, like the 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 basic the basic like idea of right wing um, is always posed in relation to the left, and it's saying like society has to be conserved, right, and that the way that it actually conserves itself is by undermining itself. Whereas the left is, is responsible for like, okay, how is society's undermining itself posing something possibly better? And so when the, so when the left is no longer taking up that task, that's really bad for like humanity. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of where, that's sort of where we're like raising the question of what the left was and what it could what it could still become because the left you know the left should not just be identified with like state totalitarianism right yeah absolutely um and that's and that's sort of uh and we have to understand like you know the state totalitarianism like was across the board in the in the 20th century and we should get into like what the origins of the deep state are <laughs> um but the but but the problem is when the left is cheerleading that mm -hmm. as opposed to posing a sort of critical relation to it yeah absolutely and i think something that was really interesting to me um i'm not a historian by any stretch of the means um 
and I'm not super, super familiar with the cultural history of the left, but just looking at the French Revolution, you know, the working class rising up against their authorities, that's the right in America today, uh, mm-hmm. as far as like say the the trucker convoy in Canada, for example. And then you saw everyone that's like quote unquote the left today in society just utterly bashing that and siding with the tech totalitarian forces of the state and it's just like it's mind-boggling to watch because it's like like you were saying the left is supposed to be the bastion of freedom and creativity and you need that in a society to progress um it's the yin and yang you always need that balance in whatever you're doing as an individual as a group as a culture society and when you have one aspect of that completely out of whack it just creates a a vortex of negativity and non-progress. Um, so yeah, like you were saying, it's, it's really interesting to see. And that's what I always equated it to. Uh, the left to growing up was like anti-war movements, um, unionization, stuff like that, anti-statism. That's always what I imagined the left being. And then coming into adulthood, um, starting to really like educate myself a little more and then see what's going on in the States. It was, it was really baffling to see the see the switch or to see the the co-opting of all of these movements and these ideals um by the state basically or corporate entities whatever it is wokeism um it's really really fascinating yeah um and and that problem uh it's 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 got a deep history but like um the left should the 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 left should have been able to have pushed so the, the, pro, the problem right now is that a lot of people on the left i mean and and, and in terms of like the general framework they're foot soldiers for the democrats mm-hmm. um that's just the that's that's the hard truth and it's been that way since fdr to put it simply um the the, the last time we had a truly independent left in the united states and globally was before FDR, Stalin, Hitler, like that moment, the 30s. Um, Before then, there was an independent left that was trying to realize the potentials of uh, industrialization by overcoming it. Um, Whereas after that, the the left has been sort of tailing um, the progressive capitalist parties. And the progressive capitalist parties are uh very self-contradictory <laughs> um <laughs> and so like that's and so that's where it's come that, i mean that's that's where it comes from um and so we want to like by posing all of this history completely overcome it it's a tall order um yeah. but that's but that's where but that's but that's where like the, the 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 battle has to be fought um and which is why you know like it is remarkable so like I, I I call it like like the neo Maoism of dark maga, so like <laughs> you like the you know like Trump is going to like lead a cultural revolution and like because you know so I, you can look at like like so like because you can just sort of see because you know at the very minimal we have to like just track and actually see like how there are actually changes in capitalist politics and we are living through like. A, a, a shift in capitalist mm-hmm. politics, you know, like on the order of like every 50 years or so. Um, and um, yeah, like the, the you know, T- Tucker Carlson, his dad was like 
a CIA, was like in the CIA or FBI or something. Like he like was the deep state. <laughs> and now you have like Tucker Carlson being like against like the deep state. Like that becomes like the sort of like rallying cry, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it's like, and so the, the, the issue though is that without like the working class itself organizing to take responsibility for society, we're only just going to have this back and forth perpetually. And it's going to be at a more regressive level. Um, So like, sure, we can try to like, you know, gut the deep, you know, gut the deep state. (laughs) Um, But it's going to, it's going to, it's going to pop back. Mm -hmm. Like in this period that I was describing earlier from say like the end of the US Civil War to World War I, from like 1870 to 1914, the US did not have a permanent bureaucracy or a standing army. It was actually realizing like a division of labor where we like trade and cooperate on the basis of our, you know, on basis of contract, on the basis of exchange, on the basis of labor. But like, why does this state emerge? why does there emerge a permanent bureaucracy why does there emerge like the need because it was a, it was part of the, the bourgeois ideal that the citizens could just be armed and we wouldn't need a military right like you know it's just like the fucking bill of rights um why did these things why did these things emerge and what socialists were saying at the time is because it's industrialization because the division of labor itself is starting to contradict itself where you have like, okay, I'm all, we're all, we're all working together in a factory, but that is no longer just like trading our products. Now we're, now our labor is actually just becoming exploited. And so you have like, you know, you have like Rockefeller coordinating all of the labor and you have all of the laborers and they're actually beginning to emerge into a conflict, a conflict that wasn't there at the beginning. When you have your, when you have this, the, the the boom, the bang of the bourgeois revolution, it's something that emerges and is different. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that the timeline that you laid out for that, especially ending in 1914. Uh, if we could repeal 1913 in the words of Ron Paul, we would be way better with without that year because that was when we incorporated the income tax and created the Federal Reserve and just basically set ourselves up to walk into this new liberal world order. And yeah, 20th century was not the best. I mean, we have a lot of good things. Uh, We have a lot of amenities and stuff like that that came out of that and came out of that industrial revolution. But as far as human freedom and stuff like that goes, definitely not nearly as much. Um, So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so so like, the 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 so like the, the, this progressive liberal vision um where we have to regulate capitalism basically and that's where and that's where like you know the federal income tax and um like Woodrow Wilson himself is saying well we what we should actually do is uh drop the division of powers and just have a parliamentary model where the legislative and the executive are brought into one. And then you, so, you know, you just like the same body is now like making and executing the law. 
and then you just have a permanent like expert civil service like technocracy under it um and the question is like why does that all become why does it seem that that becomes necessary why do we have a progressive movement at all why couldn't mm -hmm. we why couldn't we just like continue to affirm uh labor and trade well it's because there were burgeoning slum cities it's because um you know and so, so it's like so like that's the issue that the progressive that the that they're like the like the original progressives are dealing with but the problem is they are only reacting to that emergent class conflict between like big capital and labor and without taking that conflict itself seriously so the progressives were just like middle class liberals who were like horrified that you know you've got slum cities and you know like meat packing plants that are um you know don't you know don't have standards and are you know selling people garbage and and they think that well the only way that we can like resolve this is by using the state to quote unquote like interfere with private property to regulate private property right and so the state itself there is sort of seen as a positive force it's sort of saying the state can actually be a good for society. And what I suppose, just to put it simply, like what Marxism is saying instead is that the, the fact that the state is having to come in at all, that the state is, that is, is showing that something's wrong with society. So rather than trying to like make the tool of the state the be all end all, for and not addressing the actual social problem, uh, we should actually address the social problem, which is this emergent class conflict between industrial capital and labor. Um, that's very interesting. I was going to say that's very interesting. I haven't uh, taken the time to actually read anything from Karl Marx yet. It's in my stack of books that's about as tall as I am. <laughs> but um, so that's really interesting. What you're saying is that the state coming in is not necessarily what he wanted to focus on as much as the cultural aspects that are leading to that. So where do you think that the shift comes in between that sort of mentality and then what we see today in America um, from a very buzzword that has been completely conflated uh, with calling people Marxists or Marxism in America. Would you say that when we, or quote unquote, the right refers to Marxism in today's terms, is it actually relevant to what Karl Marx was laying out or has it been kind of warped and shifted to meet a different agenda it's it's been it's been warped and shifted um because of because of the failure of marxism and right, right, like you know marxism is a spectacular failure like it, it, it's massive massive failure um the 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 issue with that though is that nothing really has nothing nothing really new has emerged since the 19th century like Marxism was the, the the final call of the bourgeois revolution. Um, so, like in a way, all of the other ideologies coming out of the industrial revolution, so to speak, like they've all failed too. Yep. Um, you know, like 
right? So you just to kind of like, and, and, and I'll, I'll come directly to that, but just to kind of like bring it home, like, you know, if we were to just, if we were to just take like a straightforward libertarian approach, right? So we just want markets. Um, and, but then like markets are starting to lead to monopolies, but then these monopolies are screwing over society. What do we do about that? Well, if you're going to break up a monopoly or regulate a monopoly, you got to bring in the state. But then who, who's going to regulate the state? And then, well, you got to try to actually break it. So the, it's the difference between, so, so part but the issue is like how the, so when, when, when Adam Smith and the American Revolution, when he's calling against the, 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 when he's saying that we, the monopoly that he's decrying in 1776 is the monopoly of the crown. He's saying, look, the British Empire giving this like pass to giving this, you know, sanctioning the, 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 the East India, you know, trading company. Um, it's, 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 it's served its role and now it's outlived its usefulness. And what we should do is like have no state sanctioned monopolies. We should just allow civil society. We should just allow the division of labor to work its things out on its own. That's, the, that's a different kind, so like that's a state sanctioned monopoly that Adam Smith is arguing against. And then, then the issue is that what happens when within civil society, monopolies start to emerge? So when we start actually concentrating like the, like the, the, co the, co the, 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 the cooperative power of labor, the collective power of labor in like a mass factory, when we start, you know, like we have like a division of we have a division of labor that's like just bringing together all of the coal resources, all of the oil resources, and everybody's moving in this. And now, like Rockefeller, just like sort of speak owns um, all of all of that. Well, if he's doing that in a way that is fleecing both the workers and the consumers. The only thing that emerges that can take responsibility for responsibility is the state. And so whether you're like, so like on the one hand, you have like conservative liberals who say, well, if we just like, you know, bash down the state and just have like private property, that's going to tend towards monopoly. Or you have a progressive liberal who says, well, we have to use the state to bash down the monopoly. And that's going to actually just, um, and it, we're going to just like keep the state as like an end in itself. And so, so we, we have to like, like see how like both of those are responding to a deeper problem. And that deeper problem is, is um, labor, is the division of labor itself. Um, so after, after the, I mean, so like Marxism just kind of becomes associated with anything in the 20th century. Marxism just kind of, kind of becomes associated with anything that is the expansion of state power. Right. So like progressive, I mean, like, you know, it's progressive liberals want state power as well. Um, and to be frank, like the, you know, like in under like neoliberalism. So we're going to like, you know, dismantle the state, um, you know, like Reagan and like, like state power actually ex expanded. Um, oh, yeah. Like, it's a know, complete farce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so like, yeah. so like we've, we've, we've been on this, like, so to speak, but we've been on this totalitarian train for a long time now. Yep. And the question is like, why? <laughs> um, but um, so Marxism just kind of became associated with anything that's like, uh, 
that wants to like expand state power. And we can get into the reasons why for that. Um, but I would just sort of let, I would just sort of like, you know, say that like classical liberalism, anarchism and Marxism, they all have the same end goal, which is a cooperative society and the, the, and the withering away of the state. The question is, how do we identify the problem? So classical liberalism thinks, and that's in classical liberalism will just split into conservative and progressive liberalism where they each just kind of react to each other. Um, and then you have like the two, like the two, the two radicalisms that come out of the industrial revolution. You have anarchism that says, well, the state is just bad and therefore we can ignore it. And you have Marxism that says, well, the state is actually meeting a necessity in society and therefore has to be abolished. It has to be, so, so if, we, if, if we're able to like, if we're able to like, if we're able to resolve the problem that the state is responding to, then the state can wither away on its own. But until then, if we don't resolve that problem, the state is just going to, we're just gonna continue having this back and forth, right? So like Ted Kaczynski, he's like an anarchist, right? You know, like in, in that in that sense, like well, you know, if if we just like uh, ignore the state, um, it'll somehow like go away, but it, it won't go away. It's gotten yeah. bigger, it's gotten bigger and deeper. Um, but does that make sense in terms of like all three have the same end goal, which is no state, you know, no coercion, no no monopoly on violence, no coercion people should be free to live their lives. And then the question is how, like, what's the problem? How do we get there? Um, and that's where all of the, all of the divisions come from. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I try to focus on. And that was one of the main things uh, when I started this podcast was to reach out to as many different people as I can to understand their perspectives, because I've met people traveling all over the world who have radically, radically different philosophies on life, but they all want the same basic things. So it's like, how do we get all of these groups to come together, combat the actual entities that have the monopoly on violence over us, and then go and live about their lives peacefully? And mm -hmm. I mean, perhaps it's not possible because of the will to power that people have. I mean, it's a fact. A lot of people, when they get power, it corrupts them or they want more power to enforce the way that they want to live on other people. Um, so maybe at a large scale, you know, it's a daunting task that's going to require more evolution of human beings as a species and of our consciousness before we can actually get to that point. But certainly I think coming together and starting to form coalitions, regardless of if you're left, right, an anarchist, a Marxist, anything like that. If you believe in freedom and you believe in human beings thriving and prospering and not committing atrocious acts of violence against each other that are basically a direct result of the state and the elites, because the common people aren't out fighting wars, you know, the common person didn't go invade Iraq or, you know, murder millions and millions of people under the name of an ideology. Um, that was the state and that was the elites. Uh, and whether you want to look at it as like the sort of Machiavellian 
uh, theory that, you know, the, the 10%, the elites are always going to rule. So it's like, well, how do you get those elites at the right positions of power? Um, and I kind of lost my train of thought there, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And, and these are the kind of conversations and questions that I've been asking myself is how do you, how do you identify these problems? And then how do you bring everyone together under one umbrella to try to create a society where everyone can live in and live freely in? So I would, I would point to two things. Um, so that idea that all of the um, ideological, all the, all the ideological divisions can be set aside and we can just come together and take on the state and the elites. That idea can be easily and has been easily co-opted by mass democracy yeah. and its capitalist parties for generations now. And so the question then, so when, when, when there are these like ideological battles, it's because there, it's a fight over consciousness. And like the ideology runs really deep. So like <laughs> I've discovered that like the most, the people who call themselves like non-dogmatic or anti-authoritarian are actually extremely dogmatic and authoritarian. <laughs> like you're, you, know, yeah. you're, you, you think that you just have like an open mind and then you're just like parroting like CNN points. You know, <laughs> like, like, so, so like the, 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 the it really does like go deep. And that's why it is a question yep. of the battle over consciousness. It's not so like, so the question is like, you know, if we're trying to like raise consciousness, the question is, well, what are we becoming conscious of? And that's where, and that's where the, 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 you know, the, the issue sort of comes up. And that's why um, I totally think that what we do need right now is exactly what you're saying, mass coalitions of people taking responsibility for their own lives within society. But then the question is, what will be the direction of that? Yep. Because that will easily be co-opted by the manage the government, the managing parties who don't, who, who like constitutively don't, can't, don't know what they're, what they're doing. Can't, can't actually met, meet the problem. And frankly, to put it like bluntly, like we need a third American revolution. Um, and so like the, 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 you know, the Republican Party was founded in order to complete the revolution. And then once it like outlived its purpose, it just became a governing party of capitalism. Democratic Party is a bit different. I mean, it was you know, it was formed to like, as like the counter revolution in like the 1800s. And then like, it became just sort of the, the way to like sop up all of the discontents of society um, under FDR. But my point is that like both of these parties have outlived their purpose and that the revolution yeah. is actually much deeper than the parties that attempt to control it and to manage it. And so we actually need a... Uh, a, a third American revolution. And like, if, if it's not the working class, you know, organizing to take responsibility for industrial monopoly capital and its own potentials, then the revolution is going to be expressed by, by the, by, by the people. It, oh, no, no, excuse me, not by the people. Cause it's, you know, it's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be expressed by, by capitalist politicians. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be Bernie and Trump. <laughs> yeah who are all getting lobbied by the same people anyway mm -hmm. no i i definitely agree i think that the entire system is 
utterly corrupt. And to think that you're going to elect any one person that's going to change the system is very foolish in my eyes. Um, so like all the people out there that just go ham on Trump, like super MAGA and stuff, it's like, man, I mean, he had four years. It's like, what did he really do? You know, or what can you do when you're fighting the bureaucratic state? That's just this massive, expansive power that you really don't even know where to start tackling it from. And you see that specifically in terms of like the way that our system is set up and with the president. Um, they're figureheads. And you can see that when Joe Biden goes up there and makes a statement and the White House immediately runs it back and says, no, this is our stance. And this is what we actually meant to say. And it's like, okay, cool. So this guy definitely isn't empowered then the bureaucrats behind him or the people in power, because they're the ones mm -hmm. telling you what the White House is actually taking a stance on or what their policies are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I, I think like the, the, the issue is that like, um well i don't know so so the, the 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 you know the maga people that you know um do they think that the issue is just going to be taking over the republican party hmm that's interesting yes and no i think that a majority of them really truly believe in trump as this sort of demagogic figure that he's going to go in and actually clean out the swamp um that they've basically taken and idealized and placed all of their hope onto this one human being mm -hmm. and then it becomes a sort of fanaticism uh to the point of a sort of religion you know for some people um and the same as it happens on the left as well like where they take things like Joe Biden or wokeism or something like that. And you're seeing the same sort of psychological steps um, where they're, they're placing every single thing that they want in life on these certain individuals or certain ideals and saying, this is my team and their tribalism just takes over and kicks in. Um, do they really believe that he's going to do something? Yes, I think so. Um, is he going to I don't think that that's the case whatsoever, but I have seen more and more of them waking up to the realities of the true levels of corruption within their own government. And as they start to take those steps down the path, it sort of awakens them from like that hardcore MAGA outlook um, to really realizing that this is just a man. He's not going to be able to to do anything but granted that is a very small number i mean if you just look at the amount of voters and the majority of people that i've interacted with uh i do believe that they do look at him as this sort of heroic figure that they've placed all of their hopes and dreams onto mm -hmm. he's a bonaparte yeah mm -hmm. no. and so i think like the 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 reason why um we can't place our hope that Trump is going to dismantle the deep state is because the deep state is actually meeting the problem of capitalism. So like, unless the working people organize into a socialist party and like take on and challenge both of these parties, whoever comes into power next is just going to be managing capitalism. They're going to be managing unemployment they're going to be managing the 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 you know the, the counterbalances of trade. They're going to be man. They're going to be managing um, 
so like so like that's the that's that's the so that, that that's the issue is that you know if 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 trump comes in and actually does dismantle the entire deep state and the entire like public education system these things will reemerge because what they're because what they're because what they're doing is they are managing basically mass unemployment um, because the division of labor itself has become industrialized, meaning that the monopolies um, are basically handing out jobs like welfare. Hmm. Yep. So, so it, so it's like you know a lot of you know if you look at like have you heard the term PMC? I haven't. The professional managerial class, the laptop class. Oh, okay. Yes. So yep. like the, the laptop class. Um, like everybody in the PMC knows that their job is pointless. Yep. Um, and like everybody who like works at like a Starbucks or a Walmart knows that their job is also kind of pointless. Um, and like really like Google and JP Morgan, like they, they, they like have like a lot of, they have, they have like, you know, thousands of employees, you know, tens of thousands of employees when they really, in order to like you know, do, do the core functions, don't need that many yep but by but by by employing so many people you're able to blackmail the state why because like if you don't have a job then obviously you can't participate in society so we have so like that's part that that's like the that's like the and like you know the military is part of the welfare state that's oh, yeah. why that's why there's wokeism in the military now because it's just it's just a, it's just an expansion of the, of the of the welfare state so like we have all of these ways of like keeping people employed because our own industrial tools and potentials have outstripped labor. So we think that we're still living in the 18th century, that we're still living in Jefferson's world where, where we're like cooperating on the basis of labor, but like the industrial revolution has outstripped it. But our only way of like approaching society, because that's what society is, it is labor, is by trying to reinstate it. And the way that that becomes in the 20th century is, you know, like <laughs> welfare, <laughs> to put it simply, you know, whether that's literally government handouts or, you know, just having to find ways to create jobs. Yep. And that's where the, and that's where the two parties will just go back and forth. Right. So like the, 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 the Democrats will say we what we need to take cuts of the super profits and redistribute it, you know, give free stuff back to the people. And Republicans say, well, if we're going to get super profits, then there has to be labor exploited in the first place. Like we're going to have people have to have jobs. So like jobs and free stuff just becomes this perpetual back and forth. And they're both like just kind of like pointing at the same issue without being able to see it. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, yeah. So, so all, 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 I'm, all I'm pointing to there is that like, if we don't have like the people organizing themselves into a socialist party that begins to like point beyond that contradiction where humanity has become superfluous by reference to the machines, if we don't like do that, then the next Bonaparte, let's say it's Trump, let's say it's not, even if they do like dismantle the state, which they probably won't be able to, <laughs> like you're gonna actually need like a Leninist revolution to like actually dismantle the state. <laughs> um, the, the, it, it, it's gonna just like perpetuate the problem. It's gonna reinstate it. Um, yeah. I and, agree. yeah, go on, go on. 
I was just going to ask, so moving forward, so say we create the socialist party um, and then we take it back over. How do you combat, say, the issue of unemployment? Because what I see is that is more a question of what does it mean to be a human being and how do you find fulfillment in life? And I think that that's what a lot of people are doing with their jobs is trying to find fulfillment and trying to see themselves as a component of society and a functioning member of their community. Um, I think that that's where the, the basis of that comes from. And they've created all these jobs as a way to sort of fulfill that need. Um, so I was just curious how you see the path forward to curing that or, mm -hmm. or trying to find other solutions for that issue. Because we're so, never going to have enough jobs. Well, so, so, that's, so, that's, so that's in the 18th century, you know, if, if, we, if we were actually in Adam Smith and Thomas Jefferson's time, mm. we would have enough jobs. There wasn't, the, the problem of unemployment wasn't there in the 18th century. It was at, like the, the, the radical revolution of like Adam Smith and, 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 and Thomas Jefferson is that this division of labor is expanding. And it's including more people, and it's and it, you know it's lower profits that are being in, reinvested to employ more people who, with their wages, can purchase all of the goods of society, and we're actually decreasing the amount of labor time. You're not being overworked, you know. With a, like Adam Smith, like opens the wealth of nations with this example, where there's a kid who's like working in a work, you know, doing some sort of like pin factory. He's like in a, he's like working a little machine, and he wants to go play with his friends. So he ties like two strings together, and that does it faster for him. So now he has like free time, right? So like he's able. So he, you know, and so so it's and and and, and it's real. It's plausible. In the in in the 18th century, like in the beginning, in the in the in the in the birth of the you know the, the bourgeois revolution, um, that yeah, higher wages means more jobs, means more stuff, means lower working hours to participate in society and do other things. With industrialization, that hits a an issue, um, and that's where okay, now we're starting to have this problem where the more efficient labor becomes, the more labor becomes excluded. Um, so, you know, if we, you know, automate all of the, you know, you know, nobody wants to do, you know, bullshit jobs. If we automate all of the jobs, but now you're just like thrown out mm -hmm. and you don't have a way of participating in society. So what Adam Smith is assuming, what Adam Smith and Thomas Jefferson are assuming is that the division of labor, like people cooperating, will be able to work things out on their own. And that's the assumption that Karl Marx inherits. And so without saying like, oh, like, okay, so like how are we going to create new jobs in, you know, under socialism? The issue is that we would be pressing the contradiction that's already here. Okay. So like, can we, can we imagine that people would start trying to create new things? Um, ways of employing ourselves. The issue is that like, in order to start pressing that, we would have to, we would have, to have a political force, like the Socialist Party, to like, get Apple to reinvest its profits 
no longer in like buying back its own stock, but in like, I don't know, building a, you know, spaceship or like, you know, curing cancer or, you know, building, you know, labs that are actually, you know, not like bio lab weapons in Ukraine, but like <laughs> curing cancer in Texas, you know, like, so like, 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 but like Apple won't do that on its own. For that, you would have to have an actual political force, which would be like a mass socialist party telling Apple that it's going to have to now invest in, in job creation, right? But that's where it's like, okay, now you're starting to like press on the private issue, the private property issue, right? Because, you know, the problem with private property is not like, you know, your toothbrush or whatever. It's the mm -hmm. fact that Apple, which is, you know, a massive, you know, it's owned by, I mean, like by shareholders, like Apple is no, not serving society. And so like the, so by telling Apple, okay, now you have to like invest, now you have to like build, you like invest your capital, which is the product of labor, right? Like, sure, like, you know, but like, like all, all, all of the monopoly super profits are the product of labor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's global supply chain, there's people actually building the stuff, people, you know, truckers transporting the stuff. You know, consumer, you know, the guy who works at the subway takes his wage and is not able to buy an iPhone like he's, you know, he's, you know, it's, it's all the division of labor that's 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 that's, that's doing this. Um, but without that, without the Socialist Party. Um, we're just going to have like the two bad reactions to Apple not reinvesting. You're either going to you're, you're going to have, you know. Say like, oh, we'll just keep doing it or the state's going to come in and just kind of like um regulate it yeah yeah i think that that's uh very interesting um and i guess this is the more like right libertarian argument is that we do have state involvement with all of these big companies right now it's more fascistic though. It's definitely not mm -hmm. them regulating or trying to get them to reinvest anything. It's them saying, Hey, listen, we will let you perform the way that you want to perform as long as we get our cut. And whenever we come to you for a censorship or whatever the case is, you're going to fall in line. That's what we're exactly right now. Exactly. 100%. And the fear from people more closely to my side of it would be that say we get a socialist party that takes over and then starts to try to uh, get these companies to reinvest or whatever it's maintaining those people in power who are actually going to do that and not letting the corruption set in whereas if you just take that state component out you can form the same sort of coalitions against these major governments in the forms of say like unions and then people boycotting them and i think it's way harder in the system we have now to boycott companies like this because of how heavily involved with the state they are because they're getting tax money subsidies which is the government literally coercing you robbing you of your money and giving it to these companies and then also the state has the monopoly on violence whereas mm -hmm. in a society where it's just you boycotting the corporations without them having police force or military force behind them they're not going to be able to squish it the way that the state has been able to squash protests and uprising on both sides in America over, you know, the last say hundred years or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it, it, it's, it's a, I would take it even a step further. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean, I, I, I'll, and I will address the state point in one second. Um, but the, 
it's not just that like so, so like we can't actually live without you know the banana monopoly and the oil monopolies and the the you know like literally everything you know like go to walmart <laughs> like 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 that we our own our own our own lives like you know living and eating every day are dependent on the monopolies yes yep. so our, ir our very currency is of course yes yes the currency is an expression of that um um the the and, and, and you know, the, the currency itself, you know, the dollar is tied to its own potential to expand, um, you know, to expand capital. Um, but on the on the on the state point, I think that's exactly right. Uh, that it 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 has it has more of that sort of fascistic character, and that's what happens when there's no socialist party. Mm -hmm. So when when we when when we just leave it, so like the the Democratic and Republican Party, these are not. Democ these are not like you know, there's no there's, these these are these are cardinalized, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, highly like top down sort of outfits. Yep. Yep. Um, and the difference with the Socialist Party is that it would be the self organization of people that then has an electoral arm. So progressives like who call themselves Marxists today have this like ass backwards where they think that like oh if we just get a bunch of progressives to be like administering the capitalist state like that's the party and it's like no it's the a completely opposite way around like the original socialist party in america like eugene debs like you know and you know, that, that, that in this like 1870 1914 period that they were talking about it was like self-understood that it was working people organizing in society including yes like unions like as a as like a key you know like like as a key pillar of the ability of the working class to defend the value of its own labor um but not like on its own terms because if you keep doing that you're you're just going to become like part of the cartelized state you're going to just become part of capitalism so like you know it's only in terms of beginning to push towards socialism that you can that that the unions will mean anything otherwise they just become a racket like everything else and the libertarians are right um, so it's it's all in terms of what what it's aiming towards, um, but yeah. So like, it, so it would it would be it would be so like the socialist party is not like a gangster taking control of the state and then like bossing around the monopoly, right? It's rather the party, you know. It's the people with its instrument, the party, saying Apple. Now you have to invest in smart cities and curing cancer and you know building healthy food and mm -hmm. um you know things like that so like the reason why we can only think of it that way um, well first of all capitalism was already becoming this it was it was already becoming bonapartism um there was all you know like you know it's woodrow wilson you know, introducing the deep state <laughs> in this period before you know like before and leading up to world war one um, like, like like you know the, you you didn't need marxism for that <laughs> like that was already happening um the 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 trauma that we're that, that that like is the left and that we're all kind of like dealing with is that marxism becomes identified with the with its isolation in the Soviet Union and then the decolonial peasant revolts. 
So like for Marxism originally, you know, it was supposed to be like the, you know, the working class, the working class via its party, like getting capital to actually invest in jobs towards like overcoming the industrial contradiction. But instead, you know, like the, 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 and, and, and like Lenin, Lenin was a liberal. He understood that like society and like workers cooperating, you know, is not the same as like the unions that they're actually cooperating in is not the same as the state is not the same as the party that these are all like different things. And then once the revolution is isolated in Russia, because it was supposed to be a globe, it was supposed to be like the working class in like Germany, France and the US and England, like also doing this, but it gets isolated. And then down the road, uh, it, all of those like, you know, society, state, party, they just become collapsed in Stalinism, which becomes one thing. Um, and then that's the sort of, so, that, so it becomes like a party dictatorship. And that's what people just like assume Marxism is. So like, so like when you're like normal Joe today says like, who the fuck wants communism? Like they're right. Because that's what it, that's what, that, that, that was the legacy that it became. And what, and what we're pointing to is like, okay, well, what was the deeper idea here at the beginning? Like what, you know, what, what did like Eugene Debs want when he like ran against both? the progressive liberal Teddy Roosevelt and the conservative liberal Taft. You know, he was trying to extend the American revolution. He was like, if, if Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln were alive today, they wouldn't be in the Republican or Democratic party, they'd be in the Socialist party. But the only thing that we have in our view is the, the, the party dictatorship of a backward country trying to industrialize. So like, you know, Russia and China. Mm -hmm when it was supposed to be actually the imperial core that was leading the way to socialism. And Lenin understood this. Lenin knew that he, when Lenin took the bet and made the revolution in Russia, he was betting on the revolution happening in Germany. Interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. How do you And then, take... and then, and then the, 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 yeah, yeah, go on. And then this is one last thing. And then like, because the, 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 the socialists in, Germany decided not to make the revolution, but instead to try to manage capitalism. Like the price of that betrayal was fascism, like 10 years later. So like that's so so that's the sort of um, that's what that's that's where it's coming from. So that's why you said like yeah. the left is responsible in its failure. The failure of the left, its results was fascism and Stalinism. And that's yeah. Sorry, yeah, your question. No, no, I, I, I love it, man. Drop knowledge. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Uh, I was trying to just process everything. Um, how do you, so this is the two-parter. Um, so say in the original writings of Karl Marx or like the original ideals of it, how did he or the idea combine collectivism with the individual and then how did it get extrapolated to where you ended up in a system say the soviet union where you didn't have options to progress either higher or lower in the economic or socioeconomic hierarchy or pursue passions that you 
believed in. Because I feel like this is a very common argument when people talk about communism or anything like that. It's like, well, in capitalism, we have the opportunity to pursue whatever it is we enjoy or that we think that we can succeed in. So that's something I was very curious about is how you how you still maintain the semblance of an individual and allow them to progress in society mm -hmm. instead mm -hmm. of just falling into like collectivism where you are stagnant in one spot because then you end up with what happened in the Soviet Union where you know it's like oh, okay cool well you're not in this class so you can't mm -hmm. have anything that we have and also you can't get into this class um mm -hmm. so have fun you know tooling the fields and living in squalor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i would i would take one step back to and go back to like the the, the, the 18th i mean the 19th century mm -hmm. okay so the 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 original like ideas of how do how do we how do we re how do we like reconstitute Adam Smith um, in the 1820s, in the 1830s, once you're starting to see like these sort of sh major shifts in the division of labor, we're starting to industrialize and you have the utopian socialists. And what they're saying is, well, because we're now, now we're like building these, like these, these, these factories just say, we can reduce everybody's labor time and that would allow for people to become individuals outside the factory. Because in reality, right, what, what, happen, what happens with like the factory is that you're entirely dehumanized. So, you know, I mean, it, I, just the obvious example of like, you know, the extreme example of, you know, like Manchester capitalism, um, where it's like, you know, you have like starving children and, you know, worked for, you know, 15 hours um and you know just like complete so like so like that was already happening um and the potential that was being seen in that was that okay because we have because we have these machines we can actually now use them rationally and in a way that allows people to actually pursue creativity outside of them you know to actually participate in society in different and new and different ways so Marx wasn't there, there were there were collectivists um, in the in the in the 19th. I mean, a lot of the progressive liberals were actually collectivists in the US. Like once you like mm -hmm. it, it, it becomes like a thing. So like in this in the post-Civil War context, you have like you have the conservative liberals who are saying it's a survival of the fittest. They sort of like take up these like Dar you know, Darwin becomes like the big, you know, and really Darwin, all of this is coming from Thomas Malthus, who is like the first guy to say like population is becoming a problem. Right. We're we're starting to, we're starting to like see the 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 results of our own successes. Um, you know, you know, and like so like everybody's kind of so like everybody's kind of like coming out of this Malthusian moment um within 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 liberalism. Um and so you have like the conservative liberals who are saying, you know, survival of the fittest. Um, and so like, and, and on the other hand, you have like progressive liberals who are starting to use this word collective now. And they're starting to say, no, it's not like the private property of the large monopoly owners. That's actually like collective property. And, you know, that actually belongs to like society. Um, and so you have, and so, it's, you know, and, and like Marx, Marx can't be reduced to either of those. He's mm -hmm. seeing how this, how, how these are like, how, how the, 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 this antinomy, this like back and forth between um, 
private property as monopoly capital and the, the collective interest of society, how those are starting to like contradict each other, how they're starting to like back and forth each other. Um, so it's not just like taking one side or the other. Yep. Um, and so the idea there though, is that it's like, well, people can become free to creatively pursue their life um, if they are participating in the, a division of labor. If they're, if, they're, if they're participating in society. And so once society starts industrializing, well, the issue then would be, well, let's collectively reduce labor time so that people can become individuals in, the, in their own like free way and all of that. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and and it's, it, should, it should also be said that like Marx in this time is very much seeing like, like the Bill of Rights, the, the freedom of expression, the freedom of um, religion, the freedom of arming the working class, like as leading that struggle. Because there are other socialists at the time who think that, you know, say like, oh, well, the state should just do this. And Marx is highly critical of these people. Like, like the, 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 the right of the working class, of the like people, <laughs> to like think for themselves and to publish their views, you know, like the, the, the first 10 amendments, let's just say, he, th he sees that as like leading the struggle. Like the working class can't freely associate, publish its views, things like that, then it's, it, then, then it's, not, it's, not, it's not the struggle for socialism. Um, so, as a first, as a first, because we can we can talk we can talk about like what what what's going on, um, with 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 Stalinism later, but uh, but, but like, the, the, you know the second international so like the the the, so, the mass socialist parties in the, at the height of imperialism, of like when like literally the entire world is a colony of like six imperial states like the industrializing states, right? And that imperialism is based on that industrialization. Um, and that, or, and that working class, like that industrial labor power <laughs> is organized in a self-conscious party that says, well, once, once, the, once these bourgeois capitalists, you know, once the imperialists like lose their, you know, lose shit, we're going to be the next, we're the government in waiting. Like that's the second international. Um, they are very clear that like, you know, that, 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 you know, all, the, the the bill of rights is is leading this struggle you know mm -hmm. having so like we have the socialist party but that's but like that's in order to allow for other parties to emerge you know freedom of expression you know it was it would have been unthinkable to somebody in the bolshevik party in 1905 that the party would close down all dissenting views in 1928 like it, it's 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 traumatic for, you know like like stalin literally just like you know kills off several generations of like he kills off all the original revolutionaries because he's adapting to capitalism mm -hmm. he's saying look you know there's not going to be a revolution in germany um there's not going to be a revolution in the u.s we have to adapt to capitalism now you can think of stalin and like stalin is you know he's like the he's 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 the progressive liberal He's the FDR, uh, and then the problem is that people like identify Stalin with Marxism, 
Mm. which is like Marx was like, was like critiquing like how conservative and progressive liberalism are coming outside of each other and actually just kind of ignoring the same problem at both of their feet. So in a way, like, you know, the, like the reason why Stalin had to like betray all of these earlier ideals is because he was, he was just simply adapting to capitalism and then calling it socialism. Um, yeah, but like, but like, I don't think like, you know, like, and, and a lot of people on the left today, you know, they, 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 they take, they, they, they take the Bolshevik revolution as something that's just like a simple model to be applied or the Chinese revolution as like a simple model to be applied. And that's not quite the, that, 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 that really misses the point. Um, like we have to, we have to be real that like, this all failed. But like, yeah. what, what was like the, what was like the, what was the intention at the beginning? And the intention yep. at the beginning was precisely to like, by making our collective powers of industry more rational in terms of employment, labor time, all of that, which only the working class can do, right? You can't just have like an orangutan and like the party bureaucracy just kind of like push buttons. And then, like you know, like it has to be like it, like like you know, like Marx will always say, only the working class can free itself. Right? You know, like nobody can do it for it. That's part of that's part of the that that's the that's the boss level that we've hit. Like you know, only the working class is going to be able to do this. Um, then then people would be free to become individuals. The people today aren't really individuals anymore, right? Like and, and because of industrialization, people like you know like we have like we have like false collectivities and false yes. individualities, right? So we have like you know people like tribe. You know, I'm, here's my tribe, um, and look, or I'm an individual because of you know like like, like this is part of like a this is part of a this is like a, a a global historical roadblock that we've run into. Um, and that only the working class can solve by becoming organizationally, socially, politically conscious of how it's no longer actually able to realize the bourgeois revolution. That we can't just repeat the original bourgeois revolution because industrialization has contradicted it so deeply. So in order to actually realize that we have to start pushing for socialism. We have to consciously apply Adam Smith, so to speak. Um, so like, um, yeah, I mean, people think that they think for themselves and are actually just parroting mass ideology. You know, they're just parroting MSNBC or Fox News. Yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is something that I just spend a lot of my own time thinking about uh, is the idea of an original idea and how that is just it's not really possible because every single thing that we think is predicated and based upon the thoughts and ideas of everyone that's come before us so there's always going to be baseline ideas leading up to your culmination point of oh my god i just had this brilliant idea like this is how we can do it or whatever um so to, to call any idea your own or original is, is very fleeting in my mind and kind of uh, narcissistic because you're mm -hmm. just completely negating everyone that's 
built the pavement to that. Um, and if you start tracing back ideologies and ideals, you can usually come to a few individuals that really laid the path to that. I mean, like Plato and Aristotle, for example, like the, the ma vast majority of our thought is based on ideas mm -hmm. that they came up with and wrote down that I have no doubt were based upon the collective oral knowledge of everyone that was before them coming down to them. Mm -hmm. And they were just mm -hmm. the first ones to really be like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write this shit out. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's very interesting i also thought it was very interesting you talking about how he thought that the bill of rights was going to lead to that and this goes back into what we were saying earlier about the trucker protests and stuff like that being socialist movements and us living in an environment where if say the original socialists from the french revolution saw the way that we live right now they'd be like holy shit you guys you guys did it. What do you mean? Like what you're, you, you accomplished everything that we were trying to accomplish in America. Um, but the tribalism is so deep and so ingrained in us that the very word socialism invokes hatred and um, dissatisfaction and just despair mm -hmm. out of the right. When it's like, listen, you're living under aspects of this ideal, you know, it's like, mm -hmm you can't just take these terms and banish them because there's gems in everything in Marxism, socialism, libertarianism, capitalism, whatever it is, there's always going to be hidden gems in every mm -hmm. single ideology and idea that has come before you and that you're currently living in. And the endeavor of humanity is to take those ideas, compress them down, pull out the gems, and then try to create something new that is going mm -hmm. to lead the way into the future which mm -hmm. I think that is what we've been talking about for, you know, the last hour or so is, is how do you take what we've learned and then create a new system? Because we're also dealing with technology that is so far beyond the imagination of anything that say Karl Marx or Adam Smith or anyone could have ever comprehended that we would be able to hold in our hands. Like if you showed one of them an iPhone, be like holy shit you're magic like you have you're, you're holding magic in your hand right now that's insane mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. so that's that's the way i see the the path forward is is taking all these ideas pulling all the gems out of them and then creating something completely new and not using old terminology because it's it's asinine but we get so wrapped up in the meaning of a word that we would just completely negate anything else that comes with it. And mm -hmm. it creates such division, uh, especially right now in America. If you look at the culture of America right now, words are being weaponized and used to combat you know, psychological warfare, not just from the state, but between groups um, mm -hmm. like the left and right say or whatever. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like, listen, why do you why do you hate this one specific term so much you know like it, it just it, it baffles me so like like i was saying socialism whatever it's like if i walk up to someone who's super maga and i'm like hey you live in a socialist society they would go ham they'd be like fuck you i live in america we're capitalists da, 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 this and that it's like no listen you need to actually sit down with these ideas and see what they were trying to lay out and then recognize what you're living in and then from there, you can be like, okay, cool. I've had my mind completely closed off to everything around me. What else is there that I haven't been understanding or 
trying to integrate into myself so that I can be a better person and understand all these concepts better and also lead to a society and a community where I can live alongside, say, someone who isn't about communist or about socialist, whatever the case is, in harmony. Because again, like we were saying, it's like the basic necessities and the basic needs that you have, they have as well. So mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm, as long as you're not mm-hmm. aggressing against each other, then what, you know, why are we not coming together mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and forming coalitions or communities, whatever the case is. Um, I was kind of on a little tangent there, but no, 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 no. I think, I think, yeah. So like to the, to the, to the, to the first point, like, yeah, like there's a kernel of truth in everything. Um, and um, to the, to the, to the second point, like, I, I think the reason why um, people react so strongly, um, you know, it's one thing if I come up to you and I say, like, I like um, the Rams, but I like the Bears, like, we're not going to kill each other over that. Yeah, right. You know, or, but when I say I'm a socialist versus I'm a, a libertarian, like that, the reason why that creates much more like tension is because you're, it's, a, it's a question of what is the direction of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a question, and, and that's where, it's like, and that's where like things become like um, animosity. Um, and so we can, so that's, that's, so that's why it's like, I, you know, it is, it is important to, 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 to clarify what we're actually, what we, what we are actually talking about and doing. And yes, like that's, you know, socialism over the, as a result of the 20th century has become identified just with the totalitarian state. Yep. Um, and so, so the people of course are going to have an allergic reaction to that. And that's why it's, you know, it's a responsibility of the left to overcome this. Um, because right now the left just means like, you know, the culture wars, the culture wars through the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, that, and that's, a me- and that's, you know, that's part of like how the death of the left is sort of like playing itself out right now. Um, and, but yeah, so I guess like, <laughs> like, I guess I would, you know, I guess I would ask like, like, I mean, do, do, the, do, do, do the MAGA people that you know, like, do they think that a third American revolution is necessary? Or do they think that the American Revolution is complete right now? No. They think that the American Revolution is dead, and they think that another revolution would be highly unlikely, but also, I think, pointless. I think they still really Mm. believe in the democratic process, and they still believe in the ability to elect people who can make change. But... And this goes back into that sort of like Machiavellian principle. They're not actually educating themselves on one, who they're actually electing. So no one gives a fuck who's running in the primaries. You know, they just are going to show up on big election day and say, okay, is there an R next to this name? Cool. Check. Sure. Sure. And uh, they fall into those, those tribal politics. Um, But I would definitely say that they, the hardcore Christian MAGA people think that there will be a revolution, but they equate that also with the rapture. And Mm -hmm. I've met a a lot of people who are very Christian, who are, I mean, amazing people, like really, really good people, but they legitimately think that we're going through the end times right now. 
And they think that say like vaccine passports or CDBC, um, digitalized banking currencies and stuff like that are the mark of the beast and that we're going to live through the rapture. Um, so those people are definitely more inclined towards the, the possibility and the inevitability of a third American revolution. But just like the normal MAGA Trump supporters, I would say don't really seriously entertain it because mm -hmm. they believe, mm -hmm. like I was saying, so heavily in Trump. They've, they've idolized Trump so heavily that they think he's actually going to get back in there and create the change that they want to see. Right, right, right. And that's where it's like, you know, it's important to see like the revolution is happening anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why, you know, that's why people, you know, like we, the, the kind of reaction that we can have to the ongoing revolution at the social level, you know, we'll talk about the political level, but at the social level, it's like, you know, the vaccine passports or just like straight up Ted Kaczynski, <laughs> like, 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 like we, you know, we, we just sort of like react, like I react like against what society is doing with the state um or what the state is doing to society or what like our own society is doing to ourselves um and so like it's going to you know it's going to happen whether we like it or not and so the question is like will we be able to do it consciously um so i guess what i'm just, what i'm just kind of like let me just put it this way like the basic appeal that we would have is just we can like people should be able to run society better than it's currently being run and like the two capitalist parties are going to be incapable of running it better and so we're just going to be keep you know continuing to kick the can down the road so it's a you know it's about like appealing to well first of all i mean like we're nowhere near a socialist party let me like take off my activist hat it's like we are we are we are very not we're, we're very far away from the socialist party um but that like that's the only thing that's going to be able to pose the it pose pose the possibility of 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 people actually taking responsibility for their lives again um because right now, you know, people are just reacting to capitalist politics. Um, but I'm I'm curious, what when you have these conversations, how do people on the left that you interact with feel about what you have to say? Because there's definitely the conception of the left in current America today, where they've basically just embraced authority and are on a marching path towards totalitarianism. And I think that it's very apparent with their support of the last two years of COVID and stuff like that, um, with the policies and stuff that they're supporting, and especially the massive crackdown on information censorship uh, that's coming down from like big tech, big tech and the corporate press and everything like that. So I'm curious, when you interact with, you know, your colleagues or friends or whatever, how open are they to these ideas that you're talking about? And how much do they support things like free speech and stuff like that did they think that what's going on in america right now is 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 beneficial for the good of humanity or are they like okay yeah i believe in these ideals but what's happening right now is not going to lead us down to that path um it's 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 split i mean you've got some people on the left who uh would be sympathetic to what i'm saying um but the normie like like rad lib 
And so that's, that's part of like what the you know, what the de degenerating problem is right now is that the left has just become rad libism, like being a radical liberal. Um, and, th and those are the worst. <laughs> those are the, those are, those are our, like, you know, we need to, we need to censor things. It's the progressive liberal. Um, it's the one who's seeing the state as like the answer to society and not as itself part of the problem. Right. So, you know, we, but I think, so like when, when I talk to, when I talk to normal, when I talk to like normal leftists, they will see what I'm saying. Um, but then um yeah like i guess when i talk to when i talk to people who are interested in the left they see it they see it better um they haven't because, adopted the ideology as their persona or as well, their the see the issue the issue is how like rather than rather than thinking about this initially at the level of individuals like mm -hmm. the left per se is just this historical trauma that keeps repeating itself. Like through generations, like, 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 like how did it happen that, that like the Zoomers started like spontaneously posting Stalin memes, right? Like, like, like it wasn't just any one person that just came and like told them this, like, like, like we take like, like, like the actual transmission of like edu of like pedagogy, like who's teaching people shit? Right, like who's telling you this, <laughs> right? Like, you know, take responsibility if you're going to be like, you know, telling people things. Um, but it, but that's it, just kind of spontaneously repeat. And that's why like when we're actually looking, so like, we, and we can get into like the, 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 what the millennial left was doing, you know, the millennial left goes from the anti-war movement, uh, fizzle, you know, throwing its hopes into Obama and then, the uh, uh, Occupy and then throwing its hopes into burning. Um, and then it basically, it's not, that's like where it ended in Trump and it just completely fell behind the anti-Trumpism. Um, and so it's like, there wasn't really, so you had like, so you had leftists who had always said, you know, oppose both capitalist parties. You know, it doesn't make a damn of a difference if it's, Bush or Gore, but then it's like oh, but then they collapse. It's like oh no, Trump must be opposed, and so we're gonna we're so and so like once again we're gonna like subsume under the Democrats, Democratic Party, um, and yeah. So we we've been seeing this 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 gradual collapse into 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 rad libism, rad libism, um, and. I mean, when I when I talk to leftists, I try to get to, I, I try to get them to think in the same way that I'm trying to get you to think, and that's like it's not just like a solid answer of like, oh, you're going to be straightforwardly like, we're going to use the state, or we need to protect the rights of citizens against the state, or it's like it's like seeing how these things actually are beginning to have have been contradicting each other for a long time, um, and we need to just sort of like take stock of that. Um, before we try to act again, because like the steam, the, 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 the steam train of rolling on of history of like the catastrophe has been going on for a while now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a mounting catastrophe. Um, and the, the, you know, cause you were saying, talking earlier about um, 
you know, building on the ideas that people have already had, right? And so I'm like not being a little narcissist that thinks that like I, I've thought something new, like I'm special. Um, the way that the this 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 Marxist put it in Marxist critical theorist, so to speak, put it in 1930 in the 1930s is that humanity is preparing to outlive culture. Because the question posed in the in World War One and the Second International was socialism or barbarism, and it seems as though we've taken like the barbarism timeline. Um, and so it's like, yeah, so like, what do what do all of the achievements of you know human civilization mean if we are still living in capitalism? And we should also be, you know, get real that it's like, so like people think, you know, it's like, and so the, part of like the Cold War 20th century, like narrative and divide is that if you're like for capitalism, you're for, if you're like for markets, like markets just mean capitalism. And it's like, no, 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 markets is not, does not mean capitalism. Um, capitalism means the, the, the self-undermining of markets. <laughs> um, so it's like, oh, if you're for markets and you're for capitalism, you're, you're, you're for Adam Smith. And if you're like for the state and for collectivism, you're like Karl Marx. And it's like, this is like a very, this is a very, very bad way of looking at this. This is, this is you know, like it's, think about it historically that like Adam Smith, the, the last person to truly take up Adam Smith was Karl Marx because Adam Smith was a philosopher of labor. Right, Marx is the last philosopher. They, you know, the 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 OG like neoliberals, neolibs, were like in response to Karl, like to the, the rising workers' movement, and they reject like the labor theory of value, um, exact precisely in that in that in that like era of, of imperialism. Um, so Marx is the last Adam Smith, um, <laughs> and so it's like you know. If we if we don't if we're not able to do overcome that then um, yeah but yeah, so what it sounds but, like but but, but no but, but, yeah but, but like the 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 left as this like historical product as this ghost this ghost of a ghost yeah it needs to be it needs to overcome this deeper historical legacy and that's not what it appears to be doing right now. So what it sounded like you were saying is not conflating the idea of capitalism with a sort of free market. What needs to happen is a moral regulation of the free markets, not necessarily the collapse of them or the complete control. It's just setting up a system where you can still engage in free trade, but within a construct that is more beneficial to everyone. Would that be decently accurate? Well, it's the, it's that, um, I think it's, it's the, the issue is less so like markets and products like oranges mm -hmm. and apples, but rather the market of labor. Okay. Um, that's the, that's the central issue. Um, yeah. and so like, even before Marx, like we took in this, like sort of like utopian socialist period, cause there, there were people who were, you know, like there, so like, you had you had people like you know in the in the early American Republic, who are beginning to recognize like the rise of like manufacture and, and and industry, and what they're saying is it's like yes I'm free to go work there or to go work there, but I'm beginning to recognize that I actually am being if I 
don't have a job that like I'm actually being compelled to work here in this. So, so like I can't I I I I I I I have to sell my labor. And so the guy who owns the means of employing me is beginning to have a power because he can also begin to dictate how much I'm going to be, how much I'm going to be charged, how, how much I can charge for my labor. And so it's this really this it's it's this notion of it's it's the market of labor that's the that's that that's the key issue, and that's what we, what we would be trying to overcome with the Socialist Party. We would want we would want to free labor. From the machines and free machines from the from from labor, um, because right now, like the, the market in labor is predicated on unemployment, which is not what Adam Smith was imagining, which is not what the bourgeois revolution was about. Um, but yeah, and so, and, and so that's and so that and so that's why the state emerges. Mm -hmm. The state emerges because you have unemployed people very simply um and then and then so like the people who are employed right like you're in a perpetual competition and it's not like the healthy virtuous competition of like the bourgeois revolution it's like the industrial rat race competition and so like the workers like are at each other's throats at the other time so you just have like um you know competition amongst workers competition amongst companies and then competition among states yep and then meanwhile while you're killing yourself working whatever job you are you're not actually progressing yourself you're just progressing the profits of the major corporization or major corporate uh yeah. corporations and individuals in charge of that yeah yes for sure the rat race is insane i mean people kill themselves to you know, to use the term keeping up with the Joneses, like to keep up with the Joneses. And it's like, you don't need this, you know? And, and like I was saying earlier, I think that gets back into more like a philosophical and fundamental moral construct of our society. And how do you fix that initial problem? Because people have such desire for what they don't have, they are willing to engage in those sorts of systems, even though on a conscious or subconscious level, they know it is not good for them. And you can see that, mm -hmm. you know, if you go up to people who are just crushing themselves, working a corporate job or whatever the case is, and you're like, hey man, you look miserable. Like, what's up? It's like, I gotta eat or I want this new television or whatever the case is. And they use consumerism as a carrot uh, to, to just keep you in line and keep you functioning um, mm -hmm, within mm -hmm. that industrial concept. And the idea is, it's like, you know, original Marxists, like what are, and, and socialists, like what, you know, back in the 19th century, um, they didn't think that you had to have like a whip, uh, like the whip of hunger over you in order to, in order to work. Um, they didn't think that people would just automatically become lazy if they were now working for something beyond their mere survival. Um, yep. So the idea is that people would spontaneously, you know, like, you know, Marx has this line where it's like, uh, in, in, you know, in, 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 in Russia, you get the peasant to work by threatening it. Whereas in America, the, the worker sets himself to any and all tasks. So it's like, I, I, I want to take up, he's like, oh man, cool new project. Like, let's, 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 let's do that. Um, and the idea is that like, we would want to apply that impulse, not to 
the exploitation of labor at like by 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 monopoly capital and not in like in terms of a rat race we would want to have that impulse to work and participate and build society have a more conscious direction yep that yeah, would actually that, that, that we would be building you know like nuclear reactors and curing cancer and exploring the universe as opposed to like like I, like I was just so like 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 the, like the some of the tech startups are just absurd it's like it's like it's like our, our own technological capacities are being hampered by our social relations so like I, I know this person who's like working in a startup right now and they're like being able to like like turn on a camera that feeds directly to the police if you're being assaulted it's like it's, it's, it's like we're like we're already assuming so much like in that technological innovation. It's like it's, it's like like so much so like all of our you know like and, and the Raytheon just announced environmentally friendly missiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like like we're all so it's like like, like so, so, so it's like people do want to like cooperate and build and work and make society, but they're but we're like that that is being hampered by capital itself. Capital is its yeah. own limit. <laughs> yeah, I would I would attribute that more to cultural nihilism. Um, I think that we have a really, really deep rooted, fundamental, I don't want to say hatred or disgust, but just discontent and lack of willingness to engage in life mm -hmm. because of, I mean, everything we've been talking about, but especially like religiously and spiritually and stuff like that. Um, people just don't have clear meaning in their life anymore. So it sets them up to have a naturally pessimistic view of humanity when humanity is a beautiful thing and humanity mm -hmm, is going to mm -hmm. survive. That's what I always talk about, how we were talking about a third American revolution or whatever. It's like, listen, people might die in our time, countries collapse, whatever the case is. But I was like, my optimism in humanity is always there because humanity is beautiful and it's always going to strive and innovate and move forward. And that's why things like climate change and stuff like that, it's like, should we be living in reverence with the earth? Absolutely, 100%. This is our cradle of life. You know, you need to treat it with respect and try to live in as much harmony with it as you can. But at the same time, I don't want to give in to things like green energy and stuff like that politics aside because they're basically just using it to make money but when we have other solutions out there like you're saying nuclear reactors and stuff like that that are 90 percent plus efficient that can create real cheap clean energy for people and when you talk about things like climate change it's like people are going to innovate technologies that negate that eventually it might not happen in our lifetime but it's going to eventually happen where you can start creating these technologies. Like I was listening to someone talk about graphene the other day where they're basically taking carbon from the atmosphere and harnessing it to create energy and different sorts of materials that we can use to create new technologies that are even well beyond what we can conceive right now. So it's like the, the innovation and progress of human beings is so powerful and like nothing we've ever seen. So to be pessimistic is is not beneficial to society or yourself. And it leads to what we were talking about with them creating technologies like that because they have such a nihilistic view of people already 
mm-hmm. that they just assume the worst. And, and I think that's what you see right now with a lot of modern day leftism and stuff with the censorship and everything like that. It's like, they just naturally assume that everyone out there is a racist or a bigot or wants yeah. to impart hate on people. So it leads them to taking totalitarian or authoritarian actions yep. to yep. Yep. control that, you know? And it's like what they're, the, the place of emotion that they're coming from is not evil, but the steps that they're taking to achieve the goals that they've set up for themselves from those emotions are just misguided at best because of the level of, of pessimism that they're operating out of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like at that level of the left, that has to be destroyed. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean so, so like, like that, 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 yeah, yeah. On the, like, the, go on. I was going to say, like we were saying earlier, is the left is the bastion of creativity, you right. know, and, and the progressors of, of freedom and technologies and stuff like that. That's their natural standpoint in society and culture and human psyche and stuff like that. So, yeah, you have to break them out of that because you can't have a functioning society without those people. You need them. Yeah. So the, 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 the left as it currently exists as a historical um, corpse has to be destroyed. <laughs> Um, I mean, if, if, if we're ever if we're ever going to have like you know a return to the original aim of the left, um, so like that that but then in terms of the you know the larger like cultural nihilism um, versus like technological progress, um, so like I completely so like I think people people are nihilistic because so it's a question of how, it's a it's a question of where do we where where do we where do we specify that. Um, and people are nihilistic because they, you actually don't have agency in capitalism. Um, and the most that we can hope for, and I mean this genuinely, is new industrial revolutions. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, the best you can hope for is Elon Musk creating green energy and flying to Mars. Like, there's, like, there's a real reason why, like, that sort of, like, why, like, our, our fallback to is in, like, technological optimism. Like, like, well, let's hope that, let's hope that, um, you know, we're going, we, we can, you know, pull carbon out of the air and grow green algae in the ocean to like, you know, produce oxygen. You know, let's hope that we can find all of these like sort of like technical, um, you know, technological solutions to, 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 to various things. Um, but people are nihilistic, I think, because they know that all of this technological progress and all of like our own consciousness, like social, practical consciousness, wasn't supposed to end in this. And so what has to be specified is like, you know, the nihilism has to be like, like we are nihilistic because we're living in the wake of the death of the left. And then, so you're going to have those who just like affirmatively just live out that death by trying to like cancel everybody. And then you have those who are nihilistic because they, um, you know, see the, see the, because there's no left, people don't see possibilities for society. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, Nietzsche, if we want to go back, go back, go back to this period that we were talking about earlier, this like, you know, the, the, the later 1800s, um, 
the question like Nietzsche asks is like, you know, if we have like what he calls like, you know, this massive slave revolt, right? So like Jesus and Socrates, um, you know, we, we no longer have the aristocratic morality of like, I'm, I'm an eagle and you're a lamb. So just like, fuck you, you're delicious, you know? Like we, 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 right. You know, that, that's, that's what, you know, agricultural civilization was, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the ruling caste, not class. I'm part of the ruling caste and like peasants and slaves are just different species. Right. Yeah. Like that was, that was the aristocratic morality of ancient civilization. Um, but we have like what he calls the slave revolt where, you know, Socrates and, 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 and Jesus basically. Um, why has that ended in nihilism? He asks. And he thinks, well, okay, nihilism, you know, you know that, that the, the nihilism that the slave revolt has ended in will have to be overcome on its own basis. So, like, you know, the 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 openness of like not having an immediate thing to identify with, like that is freedom. But that freedom has become nihilistic in capitalism. Um, so it's like you know, not having to, not having to, 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 to live by like, to live, to, to, to not, not, not having to know what the next step is. You know, being able to take risks. Like <laughs> Columbus, like just sailing out into the ocean. Like, you know, like that's that's freedom. <laughs> like we don't know yeah. what the next step is. We don't we don't know. <laughs> um, um, but we don't, but, but the problem is that people, you know, as part of the, we're just going to, you know, call the totalitarian 20th century, is that like, you know, people are necessarily scared. Um, you know, there's just like a free floating anxiety um, of like, you know, I'm going to lose my job tomorrow, or, you know, am I going to be blown up, or, you know, like, am I going to get canceled? Like, you know, there's just like this kind of like free, that, that, that. Um, and so people become risk averse and necessarily so. And I think that's kind of like in the background of what the whole, you know, this like COVID psychosis was, um, yeah, is that's that people, manufactured. but so it, it's, it's, it's manufactured, but then you also have to ask like, how is that people, how, how, how can, how can people, you know, give into this? Yeah. How can people like want this? And that's what we're now talking about mass society. Like how, you know, it's not, it's, so it's not literally, so it's not just that like the oil company is like, ex, you know, exploiting, you know, super profits. It's like people also want to drive cars. It's not just that big pharma is like producing like SSRIs. It's like people are depressed. It's like you have to like bring in both of, you have to bring in both of those aspects, which is why, you know, it has to be, it will have to be the work of the working class itself. Um, yep. Taking they're, control. They're predatory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're you're being you're being preyed upon. That's exactly what's happening. That's like I talk about the psychological warfare being conducted against the normal people, the working class, by all of our oligarchs, you know, all these major institutions and the state itself. They're all colluding to conduct psychological warfare against you. And they're taking that anxiety and stuff like you were saying, and they're just propelling it to immense, immense categories like we've never seen before, but is already there. It is an underlying set of emotions and feelings that they are preying upon. So mm -hmm, while it's mm -hmm. being exacerbated by them, there are the fundamental causes of that, that we as a society and culture need to sit back and be like, hey, what's going on here? Why do we feel this way? 
you know, not just like definitely blaming these people for, for using our own emotions against us for their mm-hmm, means and mm-hmm, their end, mm-hmm. but trying to come, like you were saying to that fundamental basis of why do we feel this way? Why, how are we living that is so out of touch with the natural way of being a human being or not even to say natural way, like you were saying mm-hmm. how the aristocrats used to look at us, like they're massive, massive ideals that are evil to say the least that we adopted as human beings so even to say like to live as natural humans it's like what does that really mean no, but, 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 but i think it's great though yeah to live as free conscious beings that's what we should be looking at it as it's like okay why do we have these fundamental underlying emotions and how do we solve them to live as free conscious beings mm-hmm. and then how do we stop the people like we were saying from preying upon those emotions and exacerbating to them to the level that we are now the capitalists are infringing upon our natural liberty the bourgeois the bourgeois revolution wanted all of humanity to reattain the the, the freedom of its natural state before like it fell into agricultural civilization but without just becoming animals again but now consciously yeah right on the basis of having on the basis of like becoming conscious of labor and yeah, like the, the, the capitalist class necessarily uh, infringes on that natural right. And because like the lives of the, like the lives of the workers, the lives of like labor have become a means to reproducing capital. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's necessarily predatory. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, you could look at like, say the libertarian version of it, or even like sort of conservative Republican or anything like that. It's like they, you identify that on some level, even if you agree with capitalism or you agree with the capitalist structure, or let's not even say capitalism, let's say the free market structure, you believe in the ability to trade goods freely and to progress yourself through society. Most of those people still all look at the elites and the state and all of these massive leaders, these capitalist figures as the enemy still. So, Mm -hmm, you know, there's mm -hmm, definitely, mm -hmm. there's absolutely correlation there. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just for anyone listening, you know, to try to, to, to take these ideas and meld them together so that they can, you know, potentially uh, come to their own conclusions and, you know, correlate these ideas. And the next step is just recognizing that like, it's it's like the, the, these 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 evil corporations like they are the product of labor like yep. big tech big pharma yeah they called it wage slavery yeah. in the in the 18th century i mean the 19th century and, and so we 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 are, we are all still enslaved by the very tools we've produced um yep. and even if we've that, shipped industrialization off of america's shores you know, that's just so that they can use slave labor in other countries and we turn a blind eye to it. You know, it's like we can sit here and have moral discussions all day long, but at the same time, we support all of these companies. You know, people line mm-hmm. up to buy the new iPhone or, you know, buy the biggest, newest TV. You know, they use materialism and consumerism to keep us in line. And, you know, you're, you're still supporting the same things that people in america are arguing about like so we're still arguing about slavery in america right now like massive cultural divides over slavery meanwhile we support you know like you're saying capitalistic 
companies that are still engaging in those practices, just not openly in front of you within the United States. Right, right. And that's what's like really, you know, sick about the, the, the current sociological dead left, like the dead left today, um, you know, is that like the you like the like the, the the united states like the entire like bourgeois revolutionary project is the first time to actually eliminate slavery right um and it was part of that it was directed so like there's a difference between like actual chattel slavery and what becomes called wage slavery and the difference is that wage slavery is a form of free labor mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not I'm not like it's not it's not, not, not literally like forcing you to do something. You're free as a laborer. And it's actually it was actually labor that was doing that. It was actually labor that was freeing itself in the bourgeois revolution, in the American Revolution, in the French and the, you know, but like like it was labor that was freeing itself. Um, and then once its own tools start to become bigger than itself, you know, once like you start having this divide between the guy who owns the factory and the guy who works in the factory, like once that divide starts opening up industrially, that's when like slavery has a recrudescence because all the founding fathers thought it was going away. And that's real, you know, yeah. the 16, 19 people, like, you know, they're going to, like the democratic party has an invested interest in telling in like, in like guilt tripping everybody into submission has an invested interest in pushing a counter-revolutionary narrative. Because that's what it is. It's a counter-revolutionary narrative. It's rejecting the entire revolution and it's saying submit peons. Um, it has nothing to do with actually helping poor black people in the ghetto. Yes. The Democrat, the Democrats are sick. Yeah. Um, but it, but anyway, that knowledge. <laughs> um, yeah. No, for real. Yeah. It's so it's it's so insane to watch us argue over slavery so far past the point of us overcoming that and then demonizing it instead of being like we were the country, you know, that kind of led the charge on ending this institution that was globally accepted and is still alive today, is still alive. It, at this very moment, there are slaves on the earth, you know, and then using it as a tool to demonize people against each other and create division. It's like, yeah, we're past this point, you know, it, it was abhorrent. Absolutely. And what happened to black people was abhorrent. Also, every other race that was in America, like no one talks about the Chinese slave labor or anything like that. You know, the genocide against Native Americans doesn't come up that often. You no, know? Be, be, be careful. They, they, the leftists will cancel you over that as well. No, I don't care. They can come after I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Famous, I'm jo I don't give a fuck. No, but it's it's just so fascinating. It's so fascinating to be like, to get so hung up on one one concept and then using that as a tool to completely dismantle all of your belief in humanity it's it's really yeah. fascinating to sit back and just really look at it. instead of being like yeah this happened it was horrible but we led the way on changing that and now you know we can take the martin luther king approach to it and start looking at each other as individuals and basing your judgments and, and, on people based off their character not a race not a color of their skin that's that's yeah. asinine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but we have to see why they're doing it. They're doing it because mm -hmm. they want to retain power. Yes. And they want to keep the working class divided. Yes. 
right? Yes. So that's why they are that's why they are adopting the counter revolutionary narrative of American history. Yes. Of like global history in that way. So so like we should you know like they're like I, I mean I I don't think like like the main the main obstacle to organizing the working class is not racism it's the democratic party yeah yeah um and so like we would so we would need so like part of what like so you know if we had a socialist party which we're very far away from today because the left does this instead um it would be saying exactly what eugene debs said back in the early 1900s like Jefferson and Lincoln would be in the Socialist Party today, not in the Democratic or the Republican parties. Because why? Because the Socialist Party is the party of free labor. It's the party of free labor that's pushing the industrial self-contradiction, that's taking on the monopolies in a way that's not just like either break them up or regulate them, because that's only going to keep reproducing the problem. It's saying the monopolies should now stand in the service of labor. Yes. That's the, yeah. I mean, that's the American ideal, is it not? I mean, for yes, the government to be run by the people for the people. So you have exactly. a democratic republic where you elect the correct individuals who are going to exemplify your beliefs and your ideals and try to create a society for you to live in without the use of force. That's going to be that. That's going to exemplify that. I mean, that's the American dream. And I don't know how anyone on any sort of political spectrum that believes in freedom can get behind something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and we also have to recognize, right, that like there, it's impossible to have socialism in one country. So like, so that, so that was part of what Stalin did was saying, oh, like what we're like this, this labor regime that we've instituted in the Soviet Union is socialism. And the whole point is that it's like, if we start, if, if labor starts to actually take control of the monopolies in a way that universalizes labor, um, that would immediately be global. It would, it would be humanity as such moving beyond capitalism, moving beyond its own like self-defeating nihilistic subservience to the Democrats. Yep. It would be global and it can only happen globally. That's why, you know, like people are really done when they think like, you know, so everybody wants to be an American. Like, like America just means free labor. <laughs> Fascinating. Man, Clint, we just did a little over two hours. You oh, want to leave it at that? You got any closing thoughts and closing topics you want to end on? Trent, this has been a great conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, dude, I, I really appreciate it. I was uh, really taken aback by your ideas and how cordially you had this conversation. I feel like a lot of people coming from the perspectives that you have and today have become very very authoritarian and it was really refreshing to be able to have an open dialogue on these topics without it devolving into name calling or you know just <laughs> no, dumb shit should, like that like yeah we should always be civil <laughs> yes absolutely that's how you yeah. progress as human beings so awesome man yeah like i said i really appreciate it uh you have any plugs you wanna 
you want to tell people where they can find you at if they want to hear more from you or look at the platypus uh well yeah definitely definitely go to go to um platypus1917.org um and you you listen to some of the listen to some of the, the 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 videos and the interviews on the on the youtube channel um and yeah, uh, just reach out, come into a reading group, see what the see what the see what the the left actually was before we went down before before the left became a catastrophe, um, because it is returning to the original bourgeois revolution in its self critique. So yeah, we've got we've got reading groups all over the world. Um, so hit us up if you want to learn about this stuff, and it's all open. Like all bets are off. <laughs> the left is actually dead. <laughs> awesome man clint ladies and gentlemen thank you trent thanks for checking out the show hopefully you guys enjoyed it make sure you like subscribe share the podcast only grows with your support so i appreciate everything you guys do and hopefully i can keep giving y'all good content peace